It's called informed decision-making, and there are key ways to help patients stimulate questions that will help doctors in how they practice medical care. You're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune, and joining me today is Dr. Jeff Belcora. Dr. Belcora is Director of Decision Services at the University of California San Francisco Breast Care Center and an Assistant Professor of Surgery in the Institute for Health Policy Studies at the University of California San Francisco. Dr. Belcora, who is a systems engineer, has gained national attention in developing implementing and evaluating patient education and support and how patients and their doctors make decisions. He has authored numerous peer-reviewed articles, book chapters, and case studies on decision-making. He earned a Bachelor of Science in Applied Mathematics from Brown University and has graduate training at Stanford University, included a Master's in Science and Statistics that led to a Ph.D. in Engineering. He joins us today from his offices in San Francisco. Jeff Belcora, welcome to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Thanks for having me, Bruce. Well, it's great to have you here because you and the work that you've been doing has been on a forefront of something that's just now with healthcare reform and everything starting to gain some attention. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing in the line of decision services, and, and we can talk from there how physicians can relate that to their practices. Sure. Well, I think every, all your listeners know that when someone is diagnosed with cancer or really any life-threatening condition, they can really go into a, a state of shock and emotional and cognitive overload. So, you know, one of the things we're trying to do is some common sense strategies to, you know, once people have adjusted a little bit to the diagnosis, to help them process information and participate in the decisions about their care. And studies show that being informed and involved really does have psychological, educational, and physical health benefits. So it's important, it's it's the right thing to do, and it has good consequences as well. And I can tell you a little more about the strategies themselves. Yeah, that would be great. Just walk me through, if you could, how maybe one of the more basic decision services works at your cancer care center there. Sure. Well, you know, I have a team here that calls our patients with upcoming appointments. So if you you have an upcoming appointment at the breast care center, you'll get a call offering you information materials. They're, They're called decision aids, and they are DVDs with booklets so that they're very audio-visual. You know, it's not just making somebody go to the Internet and try to read through a bunch of static pages or, or read an entire book on cancer. They're very targeted at a particular crossroads. So, for example, if you have uh, ductal carcinoma in situ, that's a precancerous condition of the breast, and, you know, we have a decision aid that we send you for that exact condition. And you just mail it to them or overnight it? Yeah, so we mail it. People usually get it overnight. And then we follow up with a phone call to say, you know, did you get the materials we sent you? Were they, did you have a chance to review them? And now can we help you make a list of questions? So our feeling is that no DVD, as good as it is, is going to answer all the questions you might have because you're a unique individual with a very unique condition. But it, it can lead you to ask better and more informed questions. So more concrete, more specific questions about your condition from a, from a higher level of baseline understanding. So my staff over the phone develops a list of questions and then emails them to our physicians so that they can review them ahead of time, ahead of the appointment. And they come in and they know what the patient's questions and concerns are. But then my my team members also accompany patients to the meeting and 
run a tape recorder, actually a digital recorder, and bring in a laptop and they take notes. So you've got basically an accompanier coming with you who's been trained to take notes and, and record your visit. And so you leave with a CD audio recording and a type, you know, a word processed set of notes that you can review after your, your appointment. And so, you know, especially in oncology care where there's a lot of information and, and people really benefit from this kind of repetition of being able to look at notes and review recordings. And I'll tell you, even when someone in, is bringing an accompanier like a family member, it kind of frees up. Uh, we have one story of, you know, just to illustrate that one time one of my team was in there taking notes and the husband of one of our patients was also trying to take notes just to kind of stay on top of things. But his wife was getting upset and he was able to just put down the notes and hold her hand. And I think that's, you know, our team was taking care of the notes and the recording and he was able to just provide the emotional support that's also critical. Yeah, when you think about it, I mean, especially in this day and age, I mean, it's complicated enough when someone has a diagnosis that may or may not be life-threatening. And plus, their mind is wandering, and they might even be worried about the bills and the costs and all that stuff. It's sort of amazing this didn't happen before. Getting to that, were there issues that you were up against when you decided to do this, maybe from physicians who were like, oh, I don't know if I need this? Well, you know, I think there's always a range of reactions when you try something new and different. You know, we were very lucky in our breast care center. First of all, it's led by Dr. Laura Esserman, who's just a champion, a patient champion. You know, she's so patient-centered. And she's attracted colleagues and built a, a practice, very distinguished researcher, physicians who are also totally committed to patient care. So, you know, we, we are a demonstration project. We have funding from the Foundation for Informed Medical Decision Making. They produce those DVDs and booklets that I was telling you about. And they really wanted to show how this could be incorporated into routine practice in a clinical setting. And we've been able to do that, and we've evaluated our program and found the same kind of benefits that previous studies had found in purely short-term academic studies. So we see improvements in patient knowledge. We see increases in patient question asking. You know, we see, we've seen improvements in something called self-efficacy, which is your confidence in your ability to participate in your care. We've seen reductions in anxiety. So, you know, we're definitely getting the results. Now, the key to making this work was, you know, how can we provide this kind of high-touch service? And that led to a whole other innovation in delivering these services. So the key has been that we've deployed pre-medical interns. And these are graduate, college graduates who studied for pre-meds in school, meaning that they, wanted, they knew they wanted to be uh, going to medical school. But they've decided to take a year or two off and gain experience. And so we're able to put them to work in the medical center working four days a week on standard kinds of research projects. But they spend one day a week in my group providing this kind of support to our patients. Well, if you're just joining us, and even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune. I'm your host. And joining me today is Dr. Jeff Belcora, who is the Director of Decision Services at the University of California San Francisco Breast Care Center. And we're talking about unique effort that the center is doing with patients and making them more informed. And uh, Dr. Belcora, if you will... I know that you had some grant funding for this, but unfortunately, it all always comes down to the bottom line. I mean, how can this, something like this save money and 
perhaps become an attractive thing that maybe a health plan would cover? Because our listeners may be saying, well, how am I going to do this in my practice? Yeah, no, health plans are already providing this kind of support in some cases. And your listeners, if patients should ask their health plan what kinds of information materials the health plan has available and what kinds of call telephone support the health plan has. And if on the physician side, if you're a doctor in practice, you know, looking into, if you're in any kind of group practice, whether, you know, your organization can contract with providers of of these kinds of educational materials and services. So it's something the doc should definitely ask the health plans about because it's not a foreign concept to them. No, it's not. It's still, you know, it's still a new, it's relatively new. It's only in the past decade that companies have emerged. I'll mention a couple. Health Dialogue is a partner of the Foundation for Informed Medical Decision Making. And so they work with all kinds of health plans and provide nurses and call centers that do something kind of similar. They, you know, reach out to their members and offer them these DVDs and booklets and also offer some telephone support. So you can have, you can review information and then talk to a nurse and and get some assistance in thinking through what are your questions and and after your appointment, kind of debriefing with, you know, okay, what's what's the treatment plan now and do you have any further follow-up questions? There's an organization called HealthWise that also provides excellent materials. Sure, that's great. That gives people an idea that there's something out there. Yeah, I know. It's definitely it's an idea, I think, whose time has come. And, you know, there's some evidence that informed and involved patients over time, on average, use fewer resources. And it's a, it's a kind of a logical conclusion that if you're not informed and involved, you're probably more at risk for getting defensive medicine. And defensive medicine is always more expensive. It's just that natural tendency that a professional would have to say, well, I need to err on the side of being cautious here and maybe ordering an extra test or doing an extra procedure. Whereas if the patient is informed and involved, they may frequently be able to say, you know what, for what fits my life, I'm clear on what I need and, you know, let's move forward with this, this treatment plan we've been discussing. That may end up just being more efficient as well. And when you bring that up and you make an excellent point about you know, being informed and involved, is there any sort of policy initiative on the, either the national or, or, the, or state levels where the government is considering incorporating this as part of health care reform? Yes, there are actually at the federal and state level and in different initiatives in, in different phases. The general theme here is that policymakers are trying to move kind of a policy around informed consent which was a very disclosure-based approach to educating and informing and involving patients. Brings up all sorts of legal things that doctors don't want to talk about. Yeah, but, but basically that's been the standard, you know, for decades. It certainly was better than what preceded it. But now we're moving to maybe a new standard of more informed choice, or some people call it shared decision-making. And so there are initiatives. There's already been legislation in Washington State to promote shared decision-making as meeting and exceeding the standards of informed consent. So that if you're practicing medicine, my understanding is if you're practicing medicine in in Washington State and you engage in some of these shared decision-making initiatives, that is going to be protective for you in terms of, you know, medical legal claims and complaints. And I think what we'll also see is that payers will start reimbursing and honoring practices that engage in this kind of strategies. So I want to refer your listeners to a website also from this foundation I've been discussing, the Foundation for Informed Medical Decision-Making. Their website is informedmedicaldecisions.org, informedmedicaldecisions.org. And they have some descriptions there of some of the policy initiatives that are going on, you know, at the federal level with Medicare, in the Congress with uh, different bills, and on the state level. 
And so you also have a website, if you wouldn't mind listing that too, because it's something I know that just when people want to find out, they want to get as much resources as possible. Sure, yeah. So I have a sort of a public interest website, guidesmith.org. And I try to maintain some articles there that you know would be useful to people about these strategies. So, for example, we have a prompt sheet there about what kinds of questions are good to ask doctors in across a wide range of conditions. You know, there's also some materials there about you know, when you go to an appointment. You know, how can you really be as informed and, and engaged as possible? If you don't have access to a health plan or a, or a practice that has adopted some of these strategies yet. There's still a lot you can do, and, you know, it's smart to use all your resources, and I, and I point to a number of strategies on a kind of self-service basis. Give me some examples of those, because it would seem that physicians being busy, patients, they come in, they, a lot of them probably ask the same questions a lot. Yeah, so I think that patients, and I, I face this all the time in my family and with my friends and, you know, people who are going places that don't necessarily have all this support yet, I advise them to, number one, take the time to identify reputable sources of information, and the internet has great information as well as, you know, lots of misinformation, but network a little bit to get some referrals to good sources of information and review them in advance, and don't be intimidated. If you're coming across stuff that seems complicated and you don't understand, that's when you start writing down the questions. So make a list of questions and really write them down, type them up if you can, and email or fax them to your doctor in advance, and ask, you know, put a cover letter on there asking that you know, whoever gets the message, make sure that this communication is put in your chart so that your doctor will review it before they see you. And then on that letter, you should also ask your doctor that you would like, tell your doctor that you would like to record the conversation because in a flattering way to the doctor, you value their assistance so much and you really want to be able to review it by yourself and possibly with other family members who weren't able to be present. So, you know, in California, where I am, certainly, and in, I think other places, too, you, you have to have permission to record conversations. And if you ask in advance, I think it's readily, you know, going to be granted. If you ever run into a doctor who doesn't want to be recorded, it does raise a question of, do they have anything to hide? Normally, consultations, you can always hit the pause button if you're going to discuss something that really needs to be off the record. But normally, consultations should be focused on your medical condition and your treatment plan and that kind of thing. Well, with that, I'd like to thank Dr. Jeff Belcora, who's been our guest. He's the Director of Decision Services at the University of California, San Francisco Breast Cancer Center. And we've been talking about patients being informed and involved in the decisions about their care. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune. I've been your host, and we would like to thank Dr. Belcora for being our guest. And you've been listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160 the channel for medical professionals. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on the air. Please visit us at ReachMD.com. And I'd like to thank you today for listening.